Hey guys, and welcome to the Coffee and Turner Syndrome podcast. My name is Brooke. Pour yourself your favorite cup of coffee, and let's hop into today's episode. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Up until now, I have been uploading audio from mostly some older videos from my YouTube channel. And the last two recent ones were actually recent videos from my YouTube channel, but I am now uploading the conversations that I have had with other women with Turner Syndrome. Some really exciting topics were covered in the conversations, and I'm just really excited to start sharing these conversations on the podcast. So today's episode is the first in that series that I did, and I hope you guys enjoy it. I have Lindsay here Hello. and this is this is the second time we've tried this now yes <laughs> technology held it back last time and was not my friend is anybody surprised not really so I wanted to have her on to share her story um I am now like collecting stories because this is just so incredible to hear other stories so I'm going to shush and I'm going to let you introduce yourself and yeah, tell a little bit about yourself. Okay. My name's Lindsay. I'm 36. I live in Missouri. Um, I was diagnosed with mosaic turners when I was 12. So I didn't get diagnosed till later. Um, I stopped growing and my grandma took me to the doctor and um, they did blood work and a karyotype. And that's when they found out that I had um, mosaic turners. So they started me on growth hormone and other hormones to just get me growing. And now I'm 5'4". So. <laughs> That's so awesome. Yes. So had anybody in your family heard about it before? Had they ever heard no. of yours? Nope. We did not even hear about it until my grandma took me to an endocrinologist. Wow. They and just were like, why is this kid not growing? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so did the growth hormones give you like major, major growing pains? Did they say it would be worse than normal? Um, I don't ever remember any growing pains. All I remember is I had to give myself a shot every day, which it wasn't fun, but it helped. Um, and I got used to it. So I, I got used to it and gave myself my own shots. So that was hard, but... I didn't do growth hormones and I've always thought I would have been horrible at that part. <laughs> I would have had to have somebody else do it because I don't know if I could have done it. I mean, yeah, I did it first. My aunt fine. had to do it at first and then show me how, and eventually I was like, I'll just do it myself. Well, I'm sure at some point you're like, I don't want to have to keep coming to you. So right. I'll just do it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. So they did the karyotype, was there any other flags, like red flags besides your growing pattern? No, um, I did have a heart murmur and I have aortic stenosis, which kind of goes along with it. So, and I had that since birth. I saw a pediatric cardiologist. Other than that, I had didn't have any other issues. I did have, well, I say other than that, I did have, um, 
ear infections and everything like that. I have hearing problems now. So that's, it was the heart and my hearing were the only other issues. And then once I stopped growing, that's when they started me on the growth hormones. So did you take HRT or were you okay without? I did HRT also. Okay. When did you start that immediately when you went to the doctor? No, they didn't start me on that till I was like 14, 14. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I did the growth hormones, but then I did the regular hormones when I was 14 or 15. Okay. They didn't want you on both at the same time? No, because so when you take growth hormones, um, you keep taking it until your bones fuse together. But if they put you on, say, birth control or the estrogen replacement, it will fuse your bones together and you'll stop growing. Okay. So I had to wait till I was done growing. Then they started me on the hormones. Interesting. Okay. That makes I sense. I had to get x-rays of my hands. That's how they tell if your bones fuse together. So like every couple months, okay. I had to go get x-rays of my hands. Interesting. Mm-hmm. See, I did my first bone density scan so late in life. I didn't have much of that understanding of what was going on before then. Right. Do you, do you get regular bone density scans still? I, I really don't. I just got a referral to, I haven't seen an endocrinologist in a long time. I just have a regular doctor, but my thyroid's been kind of out of whack lately. So they just increased my dose. I'm actually on a really, really high dose, like 275 micrograms. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So they refer me to an endocrinologist. So I'll be going sometime this year. So I'll probably get another bone density, but it's been a while. I would say it's been a good 10 years, maybe even longer since I've had a bone density. <laughs> it's something that was interesting when I finally, I think subconsciously I was like, I knew it wasn't going to be great. So I was like, yeah, yeah, I know I need to get it done, but I'm not excited. Right. But, yeah. I definitely know with my results, I need to go back in not too long. Um, okay. So what things have you struggled with from Turner? So you mentioned your thyroid and, um, growing. Is there anything else specifically? Um, as of right now, you mean currently mm -hmm. or just, okay. Right now it's mainly my hearing and my thyroid. So I do wear hearing aids, which help tremendously. Um, if I wouldn't have them, like, yeah, I wear them every day. I can still hear when I take them out, but I'm kind of like in my own little world when I don't wear them. <laughs> People walk around like, hello. Um, but in the, my thyroid lately, I don't know if you've had issues with your thyroid. My hair has been like really thinning lately. So that's why I recently had my thyroid check and they had to increase my dose because I didn't like, know that I, was a sign of that. I didn't either until I talked to my doctor because I called her freaking out. I was like, why am I losing my hair? And she's <laughs> like, yeah, it's your thyroid. That'd be so sad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So those are the main things that I've been struggling with lately. That's a tough one too. Cause it's so tricky. Mm -hmm. That'll be interesting to see what they say when you go and if, what right. they end up changing. Right. So what was getting hearing aids like for you? I know I'm like very close to. I, I was very resistant. 
<laughs> when they first told me. Like, I was like, I do not want to wear hearing aids. I refuse to wear hearing aids. I'm not going to be like some old person and wear them. Um, but I did get going, you know, the hearing aid place, they were really nice. And I got fitted for hearing aids and they adjusted them to my needs. And now I can't even tell that I have them in. Like, I get used to them. So it's, and it has made a world of difference. So, yeah. but it was hard at first. I was like, I am not doing this. I was until, so even after I went and got my hearing done, my hearing test done again, and she told me moderate mid-frequency hearing loss, I was even like, I've still got time. Right. And it wasn't that far after that I'm like, no, I don't. Right. It's crazy how quickly that felt like it went. Uh Uh-huh. So when did you start noticing problems with your hearing? Well, I had ear surgery when I was younger, um, tubes in my ears and I had holes in my eardrums and they patched it up. And after that, I was like 12, 12 years old. They did one ear and 15, they did the other. After that, I didn't have any other issues until probably about four years ago. Okay. I noticed, yeah, I noticed that it was getting worse. Um, I was having more ear infections. Um, so they went in and did another surgery and they had to take out some bones and stuff like that. And ever since then, my hearing has been awful and that's when I got hearing aids. So I kind of attributed it to that surgery. Um, but it has helped tremendously. So, so it's been about four or five years that I've noticed my hearing has gone. Yeah, I think probably by the end of this year I need to do something yeah something a little more than I have um where did you start did you just go to your doctor and go through the doctor or did you have because I I feel like I've heard of at least one if not another um different scholarship that you can try to apply for so I went to an ENT um, and they're the ones that suggested like ear, nose and throat. They're the ones that suggested I get hearing aids and they sell hearing aids at their, their office, but they are ridiculously expensive. Yeah. <laughs> like hearing aids are like four to $6,000. So we, I just shopped around, like there's different places around here. Um, and I went to a place called Mid-America Dental and Hearing. Um, and they fitted me. I mean, and I got mine for about two or 3000 so my suggestion is okay. to shop around because different places um, and they will find the hearing aids that fit your needs. Like I can adjust mine. Like if I'm out in a movie or if I'm out at dinner, I can adjust it to where I can hear better and not hear the people behind me or if I'm watching TV. So they can just fit it. I mean, and you can't even tell like I have it in. <laughs> yeah, you can't see it. Yeah. Mm-mm. That's yeah, awesome. and it fits in your ear. Yeah, it's not some bulky thing. It's just kind of like you got a little earbud in your ear. Yeah. So I would suggest shop around. I would be interested to see how much of a difference it would make for me. I feel like it would make a huge difference. Oh, yeah, it will. You'll put it on and you'll be like, oh, my gosh. Like, I didn't even notice things I I was missing hearing half the time. And, like, sometimes it's a little too much, like, too much sound. So you just have to take it out and you're like, okay, I'm done hearing. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, you'll be amazed at the stuff that you didn't hear before. (laughs) I I am very nervous, but 
I know I need to take that step. Yeah. So I might You'll be, be glad one day. lots of questions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you will be happy you did it though. <laughs> so I also would love to hear more of the story of you guys doing foster care. Cause I know yes. you just before I started pushing, started pushing, started recording, you were talking about you had um, been getting calls and everything. And how did you guys get started in foster care? So my husband and I got married in 2013. Um, so we've been actually doing, we actually got licensed before we got married. Oh, <laughs> so wow. I'm a nurse and I'm a nurse. And where I worked at the time, um, one of my coworkers said her church was having um, sponsoring foster care classes. And I know it's something I always wanted to do. So I signed up, me and him signed up for it because I was like, when are we going to get the chance? And so we went to the church and we took all the classes and got licensed. Um, we got our first placement, I think it was three weeks before we got married. Oh, <laughs> so wow. we, had our, we had everything planned for our wedding and everything like that. And we got the call. Oh, wow. So we've, we've been doing it since 2013. Oh, my goodness. And we've had lots of kids come in and out. Um, and we've adopted our two oldest. I have a son who's six and a daughter who's five. Daniel and Aria. And then we got two little ones, Amaya's two and CJ's one that we're fostering. And we're in the process of adopting them. That's so exciting. Yes. So um, did you like way ahead of that already had that whole conversation of I don't know if I can get pregnant yes yeah before we we had even looked into different options such as like donor eggs and stuff like that and we went and talked about IVF which it was gonna be like thirty thousand dollars yeah very expensive so I mean we even looked into that and we're saving money and then this opportunity came up because when I was um, growing up, my very first boyfriend, he, his parents did foster care and taught classes and stuff. So his house was always full of kids, like 10 kids. So I always knew I wanted to adopt and, and do foster and stuff like that. So when this opportunity came up, I was like, I, you know, proposed it to him and he was like, okay, we'll try it. So that's so cool. Was, yeah. <laughs> so they were hard classes his, though, all the stuff you learned. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what has been your favorite thing about doing foster care and your biggest lesson from doing foster care? So my favorite thing is just um, making those connections with different people, whether it be, I mean, even biological parents, I've been there with them, um, you know, as the kids have gone home and stuff there, there was one mom I got close to that I, we had her little, little girl and she went back, but she was pregnant at the time when we had her little girl and no one was there with her um, when she was having the baby and everything. And I went up there and I sat with her the whole time while she had the baby and I even cut the umbilical cord. Oh, so it's wow. making those connections yeah, with people. I mean, there's some biological parents that are hard to, you know, get along with and stuff like that, but it's making the connections with other foster families and bio families um, to support these kids and, to give them a well-rounded environment. We just want our kids safe. So that's our whole yeah. thing was keeping them all safe. Yeah. Um, the least favorite um, <laughs> would be 
them going home. Um, before we got these two little ones we have now, we had a little foster baby and she had Down syndrome. And she was the sweetest, most precious little baby. Um, and having her, she had to go to a different foster home because she had a lot of health issues. So she had to go a couple hours away to be closer to the hospital, a children's hospital. So she went to a really good foster home, but that was the hardest thing is letting, letting them go away. So. Yeah. Yeah, I'm nervous for that part. Yeah. That's going to be hard. <laughs> yeah. And the more you do it and when they call you, you'll kind of, at the beginning, you'll kind of get an inkling of whether they're going to be going home or staying with you or what, what's going to happen. Um, you'll get, yeah, you'll get a feel for it. It'll be hard at first. Our first, very first placement was a sibling set and we had them for 15 months oh, and wow. it was hard. To think of, yeah. <laughs> it was hard for them to go back, but uh, if I don't think if we had my son, we have my son too. He was five months old. Time. If we didn't have him, that would have been really hard. Yeah, I know. That was kind of before, before we made the full decision, I was, we were talking, me and Andrew were talking and then I was praying about it a ton and I was telling God and him like, look, can I have one that won't go away at least? And then we'll do that. Yeah. And, and yes, God was like, hmm. <laughs> I don't think that's what's going to happen. And I'm like, eh, okay, fine. Right. So. <laughs> we have our own plans, but we do not know what he has planned. Yeah. I cannot yeah. even imagine all the things that he had in store. Yeah. So I'm excited to watch what happens for you guys. So it's going to be great. Yeah. I'm really excited. So, okay. What is the biggest way Turner syndrome has impacted your life? You would say. Um, I would say the infertility. Um, I mean, growing up, I didn't, I mean, it didn't really affect me when I was younger. Um, but getting married and stuff like that, um, it is hard, especially when we first got married. It, you know, I would say I was probably depressed. Like, why can't I have kids? Why is it so hard seeing everyone else have all these kids? Um, but luckily I have a supportive husband and he, the first thing he always said was, I don't care where they come from. Like they're, they're going to be our kids no matter what. So that, that really did help. But I think especially the older we get is the infertility is really what hit the hardest. Yeah. So, and recently I got this tattoo. It's, I didn't even know there was an infertility sign. So this was oh, a wow. national infertility sign. Yeah. I didn't either. That's, <laughs> so that's awesome. always there to remind me. Yeah. Very cool. Uh -huh. <laughs> My next one is going to be a butterfly. I'm trying See? to get Dana to do it with me. <laughs> That's the tattoo I've always thought of was uh -huh. a butterfly, like right here. Uh huh. Now yeah. I have another one to add to my list. I know. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know until I found this symbol. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's interesting. I, yeah. I feel like there's such a unique community within Turner's around infertility also. Mm -hmm. have you have you delved into all of the Facebook groups and everything no I I found one that was and maybe a couple hours away for me these two ladies that got on there and talked but I haven't really found a lot of groups I think that would be neat to be a part of I was super active in them in the beginning really yeah I think I think it helped with trying to process through stuff 
you know, being able to go to a group and have them understand and, and all of the unique ways that everything happens with Turner's, not even just, mm -hmm. oh yeah, it's general infertility, but the specific yeah. way that it affects you. And affects everybody differently. Yeah. So did you actually go and have the testing done? What test, like genetic testing or? Like um, the fertility testing, like to see oh. what was actually going on. Yep. Yep. I had levels done and I had like an ultrasound and everything like that. So, yeah. I found those answers helped me process a little bit. Right. That was reality because yeah. I had everything right in front of me, what was actually happening. Right. I think it helps too. Like, uh, it was kind of shocking for me. I mean, in the back of my head, I knew, but just the way the doctor presented it was kind of crappy. Like it made me feel, cause he was like, uh, sorry, you're infertile. And I was like, okay, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not a great bedside manner. No, no. So, and with mine, I guess, I don't know what your ultrasound showed, but mine showed that my ovaries, I guess normal ovaries are the size of almonds and mine were the size of peas. Okay. Which I know everyone's different. Like some girls don't even have ovaries. Some girls Yeah, some it's them. literally just, it's called streak ovaries where it's literally just mm -hmm. a clump of cells that never right. developed. Right. Um, I never actually heard what my ovaries looked like. I never found out that part of it. He just told me what my levels were and what that meant was going on. Right. Like so. your levels were really high? Oh, yeah. Heard, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So were mine. Yep. Through the roof. Yep. Like, okay. <laughs> well, isn't that great? Right. <laughs> but it did solidify things enough for me that I felt like I needed that to really, like, I needed to know that before I could jump to doing adoption or foster care right. or anything else, because it always would have been nagging me to not know. Right, that what if, yeah. Yeah. So, I get a lot of comments on my channel from parents that have little littles that they're just finding out they have Turner's. What would you say is the biggest piece of advice you would have for them? I would just say, um, let them know that they're not, I mean, even though they have the syndrome, they're not different. Cause that was my thing growing up. Like I always felt different from the other girls. I don't know about you. Yeah. Um, and I really didn't talk about it much. Like I never really told my, I mean, my family knew that I had it, but I never really told my friends or anything like that. Um, I think just making that child comfortable and making them know they're not any different than any other little girl. Yeah. Because I did feel different from all my friends. Yeah. It is such a unique experience. It is hard to not feel like, I think in Another video I've done, I said, not feel like an alien. Right. <laughs> because you literally don't know where you sit almost. Right. Right. So, did you struggle with any 
of the math or anything in school? Um, struggle. I mean, I struggled somewhat with the math, um, but I did get all the way up to calculus. So, but once I did the calculus, I was like, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think I struggled in that area. Yeah. I think the one of the most interesting parts is how unique each case is and how it can randomly show up and manifest in one way in one person and then completely different in another. Yeah. And I was watching one of the videos from the TSS conference like two years ago or something and they were talking about the um the way the genetics fall, they can't guess anything. And it was just interesting me, to me that not even the doctors would try to venture again, like the experts on the scientific side of all of this would even try to venture a guess as to what could happen. Right. How much do you pay attention to the list of potential problems? Do you, um, how, how much attention do you pay that? Not a lot. Uh, cause I know everyone's different. I mean, I will look at the list and be like, yep, I ha I had that. I got that. No, I don't have this. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't have like the web neck. I don't have, um, math problems. I do say driving and like the spatial, like perception, <laughs> like that can be an issue at times. But yeah, it's different how it affects everyone. I was watching a video. Um, do you ever watch the SBSK? Yeah. Um, and did you watch the Turner Syndrome video they recently did? I did. I did not like that video. I, I have a lot of thoughts on that video. I do too. I, I, I didn't think it represented Turner Syndrome very well. To me, it represented a very unique experience of Turner Syndrome. Yeah. yeah. And, and... I think I think there's a whole lot to be said for giving that its own voice, but I think if you're going to say you're talking about Turner syndrome, you should have more than one about yeah. Turner syndrome. Right. And and I think what they mostly talked about was something that was an experience outside of Turner syndrome. Correct. And yeah. and kind of gave a little nod to this is what Turner syndrome is mm -hmm. at the very beginning and then didn't actually connect it to the, everything else she was yeah. talking about. It was more about so, gender. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I, I hit immediately after I was like, oh, I'm going to sit down and take notes and like do a whole video. And I still plan to, I just haven't gotten to it, but I know they did update because there was a lot of people commenting <laughs> Really? Yes. Because the comments were turned off, right? Yes. On YouTube, yes. On their Facebook, they had it oh, there, really? too. I'm going to have to go in. <clears throat> yes. Yeah, so there was a lot of people commenting. It was kind of all over the place with uh, people really loved it. People really, really didn't like it. Right. People really going back and forth on if it, it was a portrayal of Turner Syndrome or not, uh, as far as actually talking about it very much right. um 
And I think in response to all of that, there was a lot of messages people were sending, like, you need to have another person on. Right. And he responded and said, we do plan to. Yeah. So there's I think that's the that. unique thing is everybody's different. Like, if you sit and yeah. talk, like, your experience is so different than my experience. Yeah. You know, the things you struggle with are not the things I struggle with. Yeah. And they didn't really hit on that, that every person that has this syndrome is different and it manifests differently. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that foundational kind of understanding of what it was in the beginning affects a whole multitude of aspects of the person. Right. And so, yeah, I had, I was <laughs> like, I'm going to get my pen and paper and we're going to talk about this. <laughs> Because I know a lot of people were really, really excited when they first saw the video pop up. I know, and I did too. I was like, and, oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. So it was, I mean, their experience was their experience, but right. I, I definitely, I have had such a huge passion for sharing a bunch of different experiences and stories and trying to get that out there. And I think... I don't know, things like this are kind of my response to that whole right. yeah. thing is, you know, let's just share all the stories. I know. So I think we should all do a meetup. I think that would be awesome. That would be so much fun. <laughs> I know. That would be so much fun. I would love that because I've yeah. only met two people in person that also had Turner syndrome. Mm -hmm. Everybody else I've only ever talked to through like the internet. Yeah. Same. I've so. only met two people that yeah. have had it. Yeah. So I would love to do a whole big meetup of other girls that have it. And yeah, that would be very cool. Something to put in the works. <laughs> yeah. 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 And there's lots of local stuff you can try to get involved in, but I'm so out in the boonies anyways that yeah well there's not a lot here in missouri either so oh, yeah well I mean, any anything i go to is an hour away but um then i think i haven't I, at first i heard about some local stuff and then it kind of started dying off a little bit so i'm not actually sure how active the local stuff even is anymore right but yeah I mean, I've got one friend that I met for, through you, and she lives an hour away, which is awesome. Yes. I wouldn't have met her if it wasn't for, for you, so yeah. that has, that's yeah. been great. Yeah, um, that was really cool. She, she Dana, I talked to yeah. her an hour and a half ago now. <laughs> um, yeah, she, she, I think, was, I don't know if you guys connected while commenting on videos or I think I, so. that that I think started and then she was like oh and we're meeting and I'm like cool I want yeah. to come <laughs> I know <laughs> that was and really now we cool. talk all the time and meet up yeah it's it's been great it's it's nice to meet people that actually understand what you've been through and yeah kind of like kindred spirits so yeah in a very unique experience it's nice to yeah. have others that are like I got you. Yep. <laughs> I completely understand and not in a just, 
oh yeah, no, I, I know the idea, but right. it's, yeah, it's a whole different thing. So, yeah. Cause when I talk to people out there, like, like okay, so you're a girl, <laughs> like what, what does that mean? <laughs> like, what, turn, okay. So you're missing a chromosome. You're still a girl. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah, they don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. Even things like, um, the infertility, I didn't fully experience how unique of an experience of infertility Turner's is until I actually got to talk to other Turner's girls about it. And I'm like, oh, you feel that too. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's no response of, oh, well, but what treatments can you try? Right. <laughs> the one that's 40 grand that right. is actually yeah. a treatment per se. Right. It's, yeah. <laughs> that shift for me was what really nailed that in for me where I'm like, no, this is way too unique of an experience to be fully understood by somebody that doesn't have this. And then in a few months from now, when we talk, you're going to have a whole nother experience. I know. <laughs> going from no kids to a bunch of kids of like, oh my gosh. You won't even remember what it was like without kids. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm very excited for that. I know. I can't wait. I'm so, excited for you. Thank you. Okay. So my last thought is the TSUS, Turner Syndrome Society of the United States, made um, the theme for this year's Awareness Month, Be Uniquely You. So what does that mean to you? What does that bring to mind? Um, for me, it's just um, letting people know what my purpose. I feel like I was put here um, to be a foster parent. I feel like that there's a reason that I couldn't have kids. There's a reason um, that God made me this way. So to educate people why we do what we do, um, in the foster care community, you know, we want to keep these kids safe. Um, we did also have a goal, you know, to start our family this way, but we knew that there was some kids that weren't going to go back, um, or that were going to go back and that some that weren't. So just, I think by talking about our experience, um, and educating about foster care, because it does get a bad rap. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause people hear the word foster care and they think, oh, the system is so screwed up. We have all these horrible foster homes and everything like that. But what really it is, is we need a lot more foster homes and we need a lot more people to step up and actually be those good homes for these kids so they will have a safe environment. So I think just that way, being uniquely me by just sharing my story. I love that. Yes. I'm all about sharing stories. Yes. So... (laughs) Thank you so much for talking to me. Thank you for giving it a second try after all of the issues. I was so excited to be able to do this. So thank you for talking with me and sharing. Um, It was so much fun. I love hearing your story so much. (laughs) We'll have to do it again. (laughs) Yes, definitely. I want to make this a more regular thing on the channel. So I definitely want to have people on several times and have yeah. a bunch of different people on and I'm excited for this. To so, come up with different topics of discussion yeah. and stuff like that and have like panels. Yeah. 
that would yeah. be good. <laughs> There's so much that could be done with this that I'm yeah. kind of just scratching the surface a little bit. Sorry. <laughs> so I'm really excited. Um, okay. Thank you so much. You're Have welcome. A wonderful evening. And I know it's late where you are. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I'm a night out anyways. <laughs> I am too. So I understand that. Okay. I will talk okay. to you. All right. Later. I'll be watching your videos. Keep us posted. I will. I will. All right. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Coffee and Turner Syndrome. Don't forget, you can find the video version of this podcast on my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash brooktv. Make sure you're subscribed so you see when the next one comes out. And I will see you guys in the next episode.